Hello and welcome back to the Middlemen Podcast. Another episode, another big week for sport. Max, how are you? It's just good to be back. Yeah, mate, it's uh, after a little two-week layoff. You know how uni gets at this time of year. Guess how to uh, be getting in here on a routine, but hey, we're back now after two weeks and uh, ready to go over everything that we... Uh, everything we missed and ready to catch up on everything we missed loads of boxing and <laughs> it's, it's just been crazy for boxing not that it, it's never not boxing something that every single week it brings up another spectacle another disaster in some cases in Teofimo Lopez's case but we'll start with some guys from our country Anthony Yard Lyndon Arthur they uh, they fought in a light heavyweight rematch at the Copper Box Arena and last year Lyndon Arthur showed what he was made of complete stroll in the park Yard didn't really test him and you can't emphasise enough how different that was this time round. Yard looked a completely different fighter, landed very heavy shots from the off. Arthur, so he started well, Arthur, but Yard just survived and, and then went on to thrive. And his right hand, as we know, is simply superb. And he showed that. And eventually, um, Lyndon Arthur's legs just, just broke down and Anthony Yard um, got the win. He becomes the WBO Intercontinental Champion and the Commonwealth Champion as well. And does, does that now show the world that Yard actually is worthy of a world title shot yeah I think he's definitely uh, put himself back on the world title stage obviously he had his world title shot against uh, Sergei Kovalev two years ago now and people questioned if he'd be able to kind of maintain that standard although you know he he was definitely game for that fight um, in in his world title shot and then lost to obviously Arthur last year um, and we thought it was kind of Arthur's time now but Yard took into consideration, like, I'm sure he watched that fight back and realised he had to do something different. There's a lot of pressure on him as a boxer um, and a, a lot of pressure on his manager as well, his coach Tunde, because, you know, everyone was saying he's got he's to switch it up, he's got to change teams. There's a lot of people do after you take a, you take a big loss. Um, but he kind, of, he kind of made me think that this should be, not to, like, jump sh- change the subject to any other boxer, but... It did make me think about Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk only because Arthur is that clever boxer, a bit of an awkward boxer. He was awkward for Yard, and Yard tried boxing him in his last fight and lost, which is exactly what Joshua did with Usyk. Now, everyone said, if you just went for the KO, you'd get success. And that's what Yard did, and Yard got success. So that tells me, like, if we're ever to do a... Well, if the uh, match-up with Joshua and Usyk happens, that kind of... Yard should be inspiration to Joshua to actually play to your strengths, look for the knockout because that's what you're best at doing, and that's what Yard did. He he fought like I think in the first time they fought, he he was prepared to go the 12 rounds, but that didn't help him at all because when he went the 12 rounds, he didn't have anything else to offer, and and that's why Arthur took the win after you know a really good uh, a really good boxing display from him, but. Uh, Yard's case this time just didn't didn't think about any other round just thought yeah I'm just going to stick it on him every single round no matter how many rounds it takes me only took him four and um, yeah I think I think Arthur can definitely come back from it but fair play to Yard he, he changed up he knew what he had to do and he executed it perfectly I don't want to change the subject from Anthony Yard because I feel like these guys don't get enough credit as it is but you touched on something there with Joshua Usyk and 
I know every week we talk about AJ and it's it's same old, same old. And this this week the talking point with AJ has been: Does he? Is it the right thing to do to step aside from the Usyk fight, give it to Fury or, or someone else that perhaps deserves it more? Yeah, I mean that we we can't really. Whenever we talk about boxing, it's hard to avoid uh, Joshua. He's always in the headlines for, for something or the other. Um, but you know, in in we've seen it before, and this is the reason why trilogy fights with like few <laughs> right right no this is staying in the podcast right max has literally he's declined his chair all the way down if you've ever seen johnny english that is exactly what he's done and he's got his hand onto the side of the chair and he's he's basically sitting on the floor he's come back up now i've i've, I've resurrected i call this easter i've just pulled myself right up from the depths or, or jigging my leg just normally and then bang just literally latch it on the chair and down i go but um aj and Back to AJ. stepping aside, yeah, I was going to say, with uh, Fury and Wilder, this is why trilogies happen, because Wilder was selfish, but fair enough, if you want to chase the bouts, and you, you you know you want glory instead of money, then you don't step aside, and you go and take these fights, but then that, although that's doing what you want to do, and which is fair enough, you know, you, you in, in the sport for yourself, it's not delivering what the fans want, and the fans are sick of the rematches, they're sick of the trilogy fights, because they want to see the best boxers fight all the best boxers and right now in the heavyweight division there's loads of great boxers and they want to see different fights all the time so to get rematches I think it just holds up it holds up the progress of not not only the, the other person who has to do the rematch but like it deprives the fans as well and the only the only winner out of that is the person enforcing the rematch and they might even not be the winner in the rematch so you never know like literally Wilder's a great example because he forced the rematch uh, which took away AJ versus Fury for the fans, um, which is a fight I'm sure Fury would have wanted. Uh, so Wilder just did it for himself and then still lost. So it's, do you know what I mean? It, it's a really tough situation to do when you're talking about the rematches. But yeah, I, I don't think um, I, I think I think AJ should step aside because we we want to see it would be the right thing to do, the, the unselfish thing to do. And and you're right, boxing. Boxing, he doesn't need any more money, Anthony Joshua. It's about his fan base as well. And to leave a legacy, you've got to have a strong fan base. You've got to have people who loved you during your career. And you're getting to the point now with AJ where I think, maybe this is just my view, I mean, even as a Watford boy, I think people are starting to fall out of love with Anthony Joshua. I think people are getting a little bit fed up with his celebrity stance, his pretty lacklustre stance, for unfollowing Eddie Hearn on, on Instagram. Did you see that? So... Yeah he unfollowed Eddie Hearn on Instagram so it's just stuff like this yeah that's that's, how can that's got to be petty because literally less than it was about six months ago he signed a new like multi-year deal with Eddie Hearn's company so what is he up to there I have no idea I have to look into that story a lot more because yeah it's just like he needs he needs to commit to something right now um, whether that's stepping aside with money or that's going for glory you got to commit to something Got, I don't know where his commitments are as you said like I'm following Eddie Hearn I don't know what that's about don't know where his commitments are with Rob McCracken right now because he was out in America this summer training so you, you don't know with him yet but I think time will tell and that's what we got to we got to bide our time and see what he comes up with next well likewise and back to Lyndon Arthur he needs to get himself back from the dead like you did with your chair Max now <laughs> back up back up at the table level on his chair um, back with Anthony Yard does this now set up a world title bout with the winner of Callum Johnson or, or Joe Smith Jr.? Yeah, I, I think um, it would be rude not to not to put him in there. Like Callum Johnson has worked under the radar, and 
has got fists from hell. Like that that man can punch. He's the only guy to knock Artabaturbiev down. Uh, so he deserves that title shot first. He'll have that shot with uh, Joe Smith Jr. And that's a great 50-50 fight in my eyes. And I think the only other most deserving person to fight the winner is Anthony Yard. Because after that, after that win on the weekend, uh, that's that's the least he deserves. Okay, let's see what happens with that. Uh, let's talk about Teofimo Lopez, George Cambosas now. And th- this is a fight that was in the making for a long time. Lopez took 13 months out of the ring after dethroning the pound-for-pound great Vasily uh, Lomachenko. Perhaps that explained what happened on the weekend. And it didn't go well for him, Lopez. It- he lost. Okay, it, w- it went the whole way, but he lost the fight and a lot of people are saying that he's lucky to be alive after the fight and that, that's a completely different story but apparently doctors have looked into Lopez and said that he, he was found to have air in his chest or something I'm not a doctor mm. or a medical expert I don't really know what that means but it was a huge underdog story Cambosos going the whole way beating Lopez the new WBO WBF WBA super lightweight champion um, and from round one all the way through even with that knockout I mean the, the knockout in round one on Lopez was a little bit strange judging wise but he seemed to control the fight yeah that and, and that's that's the main thing I, I think you picked up there brilliant is is controlled the fight that is what Cambosis did perfectly he he dictated the pace even even when you talk about uh, a lot in boxing about ring generalmanship and um, and how <clears throat> boxers apply the pressure and take centre of the ring normally the person centre of the ring and has the other person dancing around they're the one picking up the points but Cambosis was moving around Lopez even when Lopez had centre of the ring Cambosis was the one in control because Cambosis was the one beating him to the punch landing the quicker counters get, just getting to his man quicker and landing the more effective punches um, that's not that's not to, to disregard what Lopez did in the fight Like he put up a fight, do you know what I mean? Um, knocked Cambosis down himself and rallied it later on in the fight but Cambosis j- just executed a, a brilliant game plan and I can't lie before the fight I wasn't much of a fan of his like I thought he was a little bit up himself um, kind of I, I feel like I judged him too quickly but the way he walked around is weird because I, I, I thought like the way he conducted himself was a bit bit uh kind of as I said up himself but now after I kind of see that I see him in a different light now and I see that now nah, he's just conducting himself like a like a champion and that's what you have to do before you go into a title fight you have to you have to treat yourself like the champion because that's manifesting your your win going into the uh, into the title fight and that's exactly what he did he acted like a champion and that's and that's how he won the bout he acted like a champion out of the ring in the ring um boxed Lopez's head off and and got got a deserved win I was I was a little bit worried that because especially it was in um, Lopez's backyard as well in in a local mm. area to him. Um, the judges. Yeah, I was I was that worried. First round knockout. Because I was like, uh, do you know what I mean? Especially after that Lopez rally late on, I was like, they they could give it to him here, and that would just be heartbreaking. But they did the right thing. They gave it to the to the deserving man. So, yeah, apart from the the dodgy scoring in in the first round, you know, <laughs> fair play to them. The right man won. Yeah, do you think as well it's because Lopez was out of the ring for so long? Similarly, I guess, to the uh, the Anthony Yard and Lyndon Arthur fight, it was so long ago that styles change and people change in a year, but the fact that Lopez hasn't stepped foot with a proper opponent in a year. Yeah, for sure. Um, you'll You'll see how different fighters respond to inactivity. Some become a better version of themselves that no one's ever seen before because they are just in and out work. not to say that Lopez hasn't been working but they just they they that inactivity is good for them 
they can just develop as fighters. Other fighters need activity and they need to not ever get rusty. And kind of we saw that with a few fights this year, Terry Harper in particular, kind of the, the ring rust Costa, I feel, in, in her fight. Um, and, and I think it did with, with Lopez, especially in round one, you know, he... He sent sent that jab out, you know, dropped his hand, and he got cooked for it. He got he got put on his he got put in his backside for it. So, um, I think he learned from it though. Do you know what I mean? Is he wasn't hurt? It was a flash knockdown, and then he's like, right, yeah, I'm in a fight now. Do you know what I mean? He, he needed some kind of wake up call um, because Lopez Lopez would have done that to him. Uh, sorry, Cambosis would have done that to him. He's the type of guy to do but that. That's what happens sometimes. I mean, it's completely different. This, but but I was watching the FA Cup last night. It was Boreham Wood St Albans, which I was probably. One of probably the only person watching. It was four 0 Boreham Wood. I was probably the only person watching that game. But um, yeah, St Albans hit the crossbar, and, and it's the wake up call you need, and that sparked Boreham Wood into life. And they went on to win the game very comfortably in the end. So I think that's in all sports. Sometimes you just need a wake up call. Yeah, and you you need a reminder from your opponent that like right, you need to step your game up here because they are more than capable of punishing you. So you you got to sort it out and. Um, you know, despite that wake-up call, I just think Lopez couldn't get into a fight. It was just the style, um, Cambosis' style. He just had his number. Like he, he's got, he's got rapid hands. Cambosis has got rapid hands, and I didn't think he had the power to match. But he, he could soak up Lopez's power and dish it back just as well. So fair play to him. Um, and yeah, I think Lopez' inactivity definitely cost him. But he, he needs to have ridden that momentum of beating Lomachenko in all the way into that fight, and I think he did. But not in the right way. I think it was more on an ego thing. Do you know what I mean? Because I, his, his trash talking and the rest of it, the, the way he's, he's... I think he's too egotistical, especially his dad. I don't think his dad's a good influence for him at all in his corner. Um, I think ability-wise as a cornerman, it, it, he wasn't there. Like, he wasn't saying anything useful for him in the corners. And even before the fight, even, you know, I, I uploaded... Um, their little their media workout scrap on my yeah. Instagram because I was like, what, like, what is this guy doing? This guy's acting crazy before his son steps in the ring a couple of days before, and and his son, you know, is like what must be thirty or something years younger than him. He's acting more mature than him, and even I don't think Lopez Junior is that mature. So that's saying something about his dad. Um, not obviously Lopez lost, and I say we talk about switching up trainers every time someone has a big loss but I think in Lopez's case it, it could be it could be a good switch for him well big egos and big dads before we move on to what's what we've got planned on this weekend boxing wise let's let's go back to Jake Paul and Tommy Fury and we all knew it would happen with one of them pulling out I, I think realistically we knew that something would happen that would make it a ride that's not so smooth and unfortunately it looks like Jake Paul's going to be rematching with Tyron Woodley because Tommy Fury, broken rib, back infection, completely out of the fight. Whether it will happen again, I, I don't know. Um, t- to be honest, I, I think it, well, even with a broken rib, Tommy Fury would have gone in there and beat Jake Paul. I, he would he would have done. Not saying fight with a broken rib, of course, but we, we were speaking before we jumped on air. Do, do you think it's, it's simply because John Fury quite literally belts him with massive weights? Something has to have gone wrong here because you don't get injured in in the biggest fight of your career. The whole world's going to be watching you. It's how you're going to make... You can retire on this fight. You can make enough money from this fight to last your whole lifetime. You don't take any stupid, unnecessary training risks. So what's going on? And Logan Paul thinks... I was watching a video with Logan Paul. He thinks that Tommy Fury is quite simply pulled out because he's scared. I, I don't know. What do you make of this, Max? 
Well, I just uh, wish the only person in this situation pulling out was Jake Paul's dad 25 years ago because uh, that would have saved us <laughs> this circus act for a couple of years of what he's been running around in this sport for. But no, um, seriously though, it 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 was a, it was a would have been an entertaining fight just because of the the pulling power, the, the names of it, um, and it was bringing in a big audience as as it pains me to say, as Jake Paul always does. Mm. Um, but you, you're right, you know. You, I wouldn't say it's a career-defining fight for Fury, but it's a life-defining fight with the purse that he's getting. It's I mean, going it's to be the biggest money he's ever made. So, you, you, yeah, there's, there's no point in taking risks, but I think this is the thing when you've got these... Because, obviously, Tommy Fury is a boxer. He wants to be known as a boxer. I'll give him all respect to that. You know, he is, and he trains like one. He acts like one. But, obviously, he's partial to the social media stuff coming out of Love Island and that, and, and, that's, and that's what this fight is all about, him and Jake Paul giving it back online. So, I think... You're talking about unnecessary risks in the training. That's because they wanted to show off a bit online. He wanted to show off with a big medicine ball being slammed on his body. And that, and he's paid the price for that. But that's where the, the ego's coming again. You speak about Teofimo Lopez and his ego and his dad's ego. Exactly the same thing, apart from the fact... Well, actually, no. Teofimo lost. And this isn't even happening. So they, I think they look equally stupid now. Having given it the big in, they've gone in as Billy Big Bollocks, Tommy Fury and... Uh, John Fury okay and he had Jake Paul in his pocket I thought in most of the, the, pre, the pre-match the pre-fight stuff um, apart from Jake Paul's ridiculous poem when Tommy, Tommy Fury's mum was ill but uh, yeah for me this it, it just simply looks stupid on Tommy Fury and whether it's if it's an injury okay you're fine you, you can't blame the guy for pulling out injured everyone gets injured all professional sportsmen every athlete will have an injury at some point in their career and whether it's just unfortunate timings-wise, yeah, perhaps. But if you take a step back, Jake Paul comes out the winner of a, of a fight that didn't even happen. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's not a good look for uh, for Tommy at all, is it? As you said, after giving it a big in and the but well, both both men have to do that to promote the fight. But after saying it, you know, you you have to deliver to some degree on what you're saying, and and he's fallen very short of what he said. Um, but if it, if it is true what he's saying, you know, I I don't see. Why? Um, I don't see how a broken rib and a and a chest infection would be an excuse. It's a good reason not to fight. It's a very good reason not to fight. So hopefully they can get it on later at some point. But he's just with this. He's just given Jake so much ammunition. You think you you know he he'll just chat shit about you for for no reason. Do you know what I mean? And now you've given him a massive reason. So he's he's whatever Tommy Fury does up until he knocks out Jake Paul that man can talk and slander Fury all he wants because he's made himself look a bit of an idiot Tommy Fury can never respectfully step in a boxing ring again until he's beaten and and very comfortably beaten Jake Paul and he has to wait for that now and maybe he'll have to wait forever for that maybe it will never happen now yeah, maybe Jake. If Jake Paul beats Tyron Woodley again, which probably will because it was probably fixed the first time anyway he'll probably go in there and beat Tyrone again and you might think, you know what, I've already beaten Tommy psychologically in the newspapers, over all across the world. Everyone thinks I've already, I'm already one step ahead of Tommy Fury because I was ready for the fight and he wasn't. He, that might be enough for him. I hope it's not because everyone wants to see Jake Paul's mouth firmly shut. But we'll see what happens. That was the big news this week in the celebrity boxing world, and I suppose Conor Ben, obviously, he's a proper boxer. You can't compare him to. Jake Paul he's also a big celebrity because of his dad um, and in his own right as well 
to be fair to Conor Ben uh, he's fought some big names this year of, of course um, Adrian Granada Samuel Vargas this weekend he's got Chris Algieri uh, um, and he's hoping to claim another fight that will get him closer to a world title but the first thing you notice about this WBA continental is it a continental? yeah welterweight belt that's on the line this weekend is the age Conor Ben 25 Algieri 37 how can anyone expect to take Conor Ben seriously? yeah it's um I think I think what Eddie Hearns tried to do with, with this fight is just relied too much on Algeria's name because, you know, he's he's got a lot to him and I think well, he's lost he's lost to some big names. Yeah, Manny Pacquiao, Ami Khan. He's he's been in there with uh, with with big with like kind of legendary names. Obviously I won't say Khan's legendary, but like Pacquiao. Spence could be legendary depending on what yeah, he does in his career. Yeah. Um but I think I think Hearns relied on that massively and relied on Algeria's resume to get everyone to get hyped for this fight and but you say resume he didn't beat those guys yeah exactly like he, he's got names on his resume but they're, they're all they're all losses but I think um, forgive me if I'm wrong but I do believe Algeria was a world champion at one point so mm. I think I think that's what that's what he tried to do he tried to get in like you know a kind of former world champion veteran bring him in give Ben and uh, like this, this this should be classed as a tune up because I don't think this is Ben's hardest fight of his career I think uh, Granados uh, will have given him after this fight's all said and done will have given him a harder fight I think this is a comfortable win for Ben and if he doesn't do it comfortably then that's asking serious problems about where he can go in his career I think he's he's got so much potential he, he is something special he's got the same work ethic the same intensity that his father had um, and that can take him far that can take him all the way up to up to world title status but you've got to be getting yourself in he's, I do rate how busy he is but I would rather see him... How busy? He's a professional boxer, Max. Yeah, I know, but... The other stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it doesn't. No, the other no. stuff doesn't matter. But you see people like... You see people where he is in his career fighting once a year. And I think this is the third or fourth time he stepped in this year, which which I, I, I can appreciate. Mm. I, I shouldn't... This is the thing. This is what boxing's done to me, see. It's made me appreciate... Uh, a boxer like Conor Ben fighting three times a year. I should be. But surely that's how it should like, be. Sh- yeah, surely that's should. what we should, should expect from every boxer. Even Anthony Joshua's had how many fights has he had this year? Uh, Usyk, um, even and P- Pulev. And Pulev. Oh, no, Pulev was, was last year, was it? Then December. Okay, poor example. But um, <laughs> no, I, I know. What do, you do you know mean, what I mean? Even the big boys stepping in the ring two or three times a year. No, yeah. I think that it should be across the board. If you're a pro boxer and you really love the sport, not just the money, yeah. then you step in the ring. More than just once a year. Yeah, definitely, and um, I think, but I, I think Ben is is doing that well. Um, it could it could be improved, but for where boxing is right now, when you see how inactive certain boxers are, I can appreciate him stepping in three times a year. But it, it should be that I should expect that. But right now, where I am, and especially with COVID um, and how long it's put boxers out for, you know, there are still some boxers who haven't fought for like two years. So I, I can say, do you know what, like, fair enough, he's got in there. Uh, but that tells me he wants it. He's, ta- he's taken every opportunity that he's got. But saying that, this should be a fairly comfortable opportunity for him. And it shouldn't do much to his rankings, beating Algeria. It shouldn't do much for him because Algeria shouldn't be up there. He, he stopped being then, good. He stopped being world, world title standard four years ago. Do you know what I mean? So he, he has to... Take a bigger name after this. Have a big 2022. That should be that should be his year. He should be claiming the big names, wanting the big names, and climbing up um, the rankings. To counter that though, just playing devil's advocate, could mm. you argue that Chris Algieri is is a lose lose because if you beat him, you've beaten a 37 year old like um, like Joshua Klitschko, or any any, t- any when you're in the FA Cup and a, 
a, a Liverpool draws a Shrewsbury. If you beat Shrewsbury, which they have done, you're meant to you're meant to beat Shrewsbury. If you lose, what's going on? You've been knocked out of the cup. Yeah. Do you not think this is pretty similar? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It can put quite a lot of pressure on him as well, like because I think he knows that he's expected to to get something big out of this. This is this is the thing, you know. Liverpool draw Shrewsbury. They got to win by a by a comfortable goal margin. Ben needs a knockout, or or he needs to make Algeria look like the second man over 12 rounds it has to be dominance it has to be dominance otherwise he's not going to be taken seriously in this division because other boxers in the same kind of like around the same places where he is in a welterweight division they're going to look at Algeria and think I could have done a much better job than that That you're giving possible potential future opponents for Ben hope if he's not if he's not you know putting Algeria out that's the risk and and it's a really strange card because you're in exactly the same situation with Katie Taylor who's on the undercard she fights uh, Feruza Sharapova uh, she's in action like I said on the undercard and she's got her world titles on the line again um, but the same situation why is she fighting Sharapova Katie Taylor massive massive name in female boxing perhaps the biggest maybe Clarissa Shields is up there and she's fighting someone who's not even in the top 10 so similarly with Ben is this card I don't you have to take every card seriously and every Saturday night of boxing is always enjoyable but but for me this, this Saturday night I, I might not watch to be honest because you've got two names that are expected to win and if they do great and if they don't there's the upset but unlikely that they won't I think the only reason I'll tell you to tune in here is because this is the year of the upsets Cambosis <laughs> Kiko Martinez Ben might get put in his ass Ben might get Pulev. Ben might get sent out Pulev right Listen, this is it. It could happen. It could happen. It could be Sharapova's time. <coughs> Katie Taylor's getting on. No, nah, I'm joking. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very, very confident. It's just, it's just because of the way circumstances have been these last few months with with the underdogs winning. I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's never. You know, they always have a puncher's chance. Um, but yeah, it's Katie Taylor, man. I don't, I don't know what's going on with her. She should, she's coming to the tail end of her career, and she, she could have retired years ago, and I would have hailed all the praise on her. I still will for what she's done to women's. But she, you know, she's took the sport by the scruff of the neck and just pulled it to mm-hmm. the highest standard uh, possible that she could. She single-handedly has done just incredible things um, for her sport. Well, for boxing, but for her, the, the gender side of her sport, you know. Um, and this is the thing though so I'm not too fussed if she just wants some easy fights to go out with that's fine but when Eddie Hearn last year after you know she beats who she beat Gutierrez mm. after, after she beats her and she's and Eddie Hearn's there like I know it's his job to promote and, and hype her up but when he's saying yeah she'll go up a division to fight a champion she'll go down a division to fight a champion she'll, like but she, Bro, she's only fighting contenders in her division. She's undisputed. She's cleared that division out. She's swept it. She doesn't need to sweep it anymore. If Eddie Hearn's about it, he would have put her in. He would. He would have. He would have put her in against. Put his money other where champions. his mouth is. Yeah. And taken the, the plunge. Yeah, yeah. He would have put her in against other champions. But if she doesn't want that, fair enough. Literally, Katie Taylor is a goddess. She can do what she wants. I'm not. I'm not saying that she shouldn't be fighting these people. If she wants the easy fights, that's fine. Take them. There's. There's no shame in that, considering what she's done in her career. All I'm saying is, you can't be, you can't say that you're about it if if you're fighting people like Sharapova. You know, if you if you're getting in there with other champions, which is what I'd love to see her do, um, then fair enough. But 
it's you know as, as I said it's, it's, she's at a point in her career now where she can do what she wants but it would be nice to see her against more competitive like more better competition that's what I would like to see I'd like to see 50-50 fights the boxing fan does I don't want to see a fight where I know Katie Taylor's going to win but if she wants that then you know what she's, she's done so much with women's boxing already I can say I respect it you know you, you do you well, it's Saturday night in Liverpool. I might tune in, might not. I'll, I'll let you know, and we'll talk about it next week. Either way, I'll watch it back. So yeah. I may as well tune in. I'll watch it back anyway. Um, but Conor Ben finally wants... If, if he beats Algeri, oh, which he will, he, he wants to fight either Amir Khan or Kel Brook. And they've got their fight coming up in February, which... Uh, well, let's go on to that now. Very quickly, we'll talk about that before we move on from boxing. The first meeting whatever between the two I, th- I think they met in the amateur ranks I'm not entirely sure but a massive rivalry bet- between these two guys but again the question is Amit Khan 34 Kelbrook 35 surely this is just a money fight yeah exactly and you say Conor Ben wants this like what he wants another granddad to fight after he's exactly. one grand like bro come on you've got to be stepping up the competition Brook and Khan are no longer the people you want to be chasing if he was in the game five years ago and he's where he is now fair enough you chase them man like th- th- these guys were Pretty, just probably coming out of their prime around that time but now like their time's gone and and it, I think this fight you can, people can say it's late whatever it just makes sense it just makes sense to end their career needs to happen. in this fight it had to happen from the start of their careers because they were always do you know what I mean they were always parallel in their careers they, they went from the lows to the highs together but they never collided now they collide and they're just kind of obviously they're not at their best but they, they had to collide at some point and they do now I'm not mad at it being this late I saw something on my Twitter where um, I think it was Sonny Edwards actually said like if you're going to pay for to watch Roy Jones Jr and like a, a 60 or 50 then you're paid to Roy watch Jones this Jr., then, then you're going to watch this man you, I, like I don't want to hear people saying it's too late um, if you're going to watch like actual granddads get in the ring um, but yeah no it makes sense I'm, I'm looking forward to that fight uh, I think Khan schooled him in the press conference I think it's 1-0 Khan going in but Brooke is is way too experienced to kind of have that affect him. Like, have, if if he's had a bad press or the other guys been mouthing off. It was press strange though. that press conference because Kel Brook couldn't get a word in. Amir Khan, Amir Khan is, is I want to say a fairly intelligent bloke with the way he goes about his press conferences. He is uh, maybe not yeah. in general life, especially if you've seen the Amir Khan. Have you, it was like at home with the Kardashians but it was yeah, I think it was called yeah. at home with the Khans and <laughs> to be honest one episode was enough um, <laughs> but I think he's a pretty intelligent guy when it comes to press conferences and getting in opponents heads it's, it's exactly what he did with Kel Brook yeah like marketing himself as you said like with his little with his little series I think he's marketed himself brilliantly throughout his career and and that's exactly what he needed to do in that press uh, conference because there will be a lack of interest in this fight um, simply because of where they are and as I said there's a portion of people that are saying this fight is you know it's, it's too overdue now so he, he had to he had to make a good impact and he had to make a statement and say nah look you do want to be watching this fight and I think he did exactly that in the press conference that's what he had to do so credit to him man and um, Brooke Ivan needs to step up his game in the press conferences or step it up in the ring because I think Khan right now is, is 1-0 so he has to he has to get him back uh, when they fight you, you talk with your fists not your hands so we'll see what happens that is in February this weekend you've got Conor Ben and Liverpool speaking of Liverpool your team they drew Shrewsbury in the FA Cup <laughs> my team Chelsea got Chesterfield which <laughs> uh, for our mate James Hatton listening and for, yes. for all of the other Chesterfield fans what a day out that will be away at Stamford Bridge Shrewsbury though again it's, um, it's a bit like Conor Ben if you fight Tammy Khan if you win you win great you're meant to uh, well I say you meant that would be fascinating to be fair uh, yeah. who, who comes out on top because a boxer never loses they never lose their instinct but they lose their speed and that's 
kind of the same when a it's, it's always the same when a young fighter takes on an older one but anyway back to the FA Cup what do you think Shrewsbury uh, yeah no, I, th- I think they um, if my if my memory serves me well I think they they put up a good fight mm. the last time we had I, th- I don't know if we had to replay them but we had, we had a, a good little scrap with them a, a couple of seasons ago when, when we drew them last time so uh, I'm looking forward to it and uh, this, this year around we've got we've brought a lot of new um new faces new young young players to the team so I'm I'm going to be excited to watch them get their game time and va- valuable game time in the cup um against the Shrewsbury who would be wanting to take it to us because they'll they'll understand we're not going to put out our strongest team I'd be surprised if we do um but I I'll be I'll be a bit mad if we did actually as well because I don't want to be going to Shrewsbury and just absolutely devastating them with Mane and Salah and Yotta up front I, no, I want to be seeing Kyde Gordon you know what I mean I want to be seeing Obviously, Minamino is not like a youth player, but like he's he's great. He's great in the cups. So I want to be seeing those type of people come on off the bench or off the reserves and and take it to Shrewsbury, and it'll make it'll make for a more fun game for the neutral because it'll make it a more even game. True, but equally, it's, it's that line in the FA Cup where do you draw it? Where, where you have to pay respect to the tournament as well. If you field a completely different eleven, one, if you lose, you look humiliated, and two. I never think it's right. It's right on the fans that pay good money to go and watch it, and then especially Liverpool fans. Uh, who if I, I don't know actually you know what I don't know if it's home or away is it home or away any idea we don't know but Might whatever happen. especially if it's away and you travel there and it's the other side of the country and then you see your team field a completely different starting 11 so for me I think that respect to the cup and respect to the fans okay make four or five changes but at least and respect to Shrewsbury as well they, they want to be playing against the big players Maybe leave one on or give them a run out with 10 minutes to go, especially if you're 5-0 up or whatever. Um, so that's my view on the FA Cup. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, to be fair. I think it has to be a balance. I'm not saying, like, just just sit out all the top players and keep them fit for the league or anything like that. I think there does need to be a balance because you can't, you know, that that's a tactical way of going about it, If especially if you want to... You know, especially when we're in a title race, just like your team are right now, you want to be making sure that the the league's your priority. But as you said, you got you got to be paying respect to the fans. You got to pay respect to the cup. You know, the most prestigious cup in football. Um, so it would be rude not to not to show up for the fans and, and show up against the other team as well, because it's it's a big opportunity for teams like Shrewsbury. Like obviously, even more on that end of the spectrum is Chesterfield and Chelsea. Mm. Like they they want to. You know, to play European champions. That's a once in a lifetime. It's crazy. Thing. So, um, yeah, no, we we have to we have to turn up um, for them, and especially not underestimate them. But also, I just think you know, and, and I think club will think it's a uh, it's a good opportunity for the youngsters. But have that have that blend of of the top dogs in there and bring the youngsters along as well, because that's how they learn. That's how they develop with the game time playing off. You know the other world class players that we have. Absolutely, I was going through uh, Chesterfield, Chelsea's Twitter. Someone replied, "What's a Chesterfield?" and Chesterfield retweeted it, um, <laughs> and they gave some clever answer. So yeah, it's the magic of the FA Cup. You see the youngsters. I was watching it with Louis Sibley last night. The draw they they drew uh, little flex. D- people. Derby drew. My boys watching an FA Cup draw with one of Derby's most like prolific potential strikers. <laughs> they they, they well dropping in a subtle flex. Though. They, you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe they drew um, Coventry, which I don't think he was particularly impressed with. It's it's the most nothing draw in, in the whole world. You never want as a championship team another championship team, and they drew Coventry, who okay, historically massive club at the moment under Mark Robbins doing okay, but I think he would have preferred a trip to Anfield. But um, anyway, 
I, you know what? I can't even remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> I was, I've gone off on something, but yeah, it's just just the the, the cup draws and, and the way like Chessfield and Chelsea, mm. um, especially. But I, I was thinking that as well. It's like when I was when I was speaking to obviously shout out James Hatton, the big the big uh, Chesterfield diehard. You know, he is the definition of like support your local. He deserves this. Yeah, he does. He does because he's seen. He's you know obviously gone through some some utter depths with his team, some uh, despair with his team. So it's it's a reward for him. But I was like, you know, and you were saying Sibley wasn't impressed with uh, Derby pulling Coventry. But I was like, I was I was saying to James, I was like, yo, this is like a good thing and a bad thing because it's like. Good, the cash injection, the exposure your club's going to get, play European champions, massive. It's like, but you're going to lose though. Yeah, yeah, you are. Uh, that's the debate. When you get to the third round of the cup, do you want a big team? If you're a Chesterfield, do you want a big team where you go there and make a lot of money and the exposure is priceless and it's a day you'll never forget? Or do you want a team that you can beat and then get to the fourth round? But then you're playing. But then you play a big team in the fourth round because all, yeah, all of the out, all it? of the small teams get knocked out in the third yeah. round anyway. So you may as well get a big team early on. Then you get you're guaranteed a, a big cash injection. Yeah, it's like Boring Wood last night. I felt a bit bad for them. They got Wimbledon, and okay, they can beat Wimbledon, and mm. then they might get to the fourth round, and they they probably get. Well, I say probably, like the likelihood is they'll get a big team and then get demolished, or yeah. or they might get a team like Millwall in the fourth round who they, they got Millwall in the first third round last year mm. and you know, there's nothing special so I think personally if you're a smaller side you want the big team early on and Buxton could have had Tottenham that, and that yeah, killed me that last mean. night Morecambe drew Tottenham away the, the, the nicest ground what, what would in world football because obviously you've done a lot of coverage with them these last few weeks and that you you know the coverage was for them playing their biggest game you said in their history so yeah. what would it meant would have meant everything to have gone to one to have been in the fourth round for the third round for the second time ever but two to have gone to Tottenham on the world stage because that would have been on TV the lowest side in the cup against Antonio Conte Spurs at, at the nicest ground in the world it is by a, a country mile and a half the best ground in world football in my opinion it's mm. a beautiful beautiful stadium so to have played there and like guy, guys like the captain Josh Granite who he's played for Barrow you know, people yeah. p- people who, who have played at a decent level but never at that top level what it, what it would have meant for someone like um, I don't know I think Ben Middleton is a school teacher who plays for Buxton T- to have gone into the school uh, to, go- to have gone into school on Monday morning and told your kids I've just gone toe to toe with some of the world's best against Tottenham yeah yeah, it would have been incredible but it's, it wasn't to be that's, that's what you know that is what I do appreciate and uh, what I do like about the FA Cup is a lot of these teams especially like the lower teams they're just they've got ordinary people do you know what I mean probably like as you said like making ends meet with other jobs you know they're, they're not there's not they're not these full professional athletes obviously they're professional of course but like they, they've got you know it's they, they've got a, a, a real life too they're not like these massive celebrity status um, everywhere in the papers week in week out and I just love how FA Cup draws you get like your ordinary people who like just happen to play in a professional team meet in like the upper echelon of actual football <laughs> and then they, they somehow meet in the middle literally Chesterfield and Chelsea yep. it's crazy it's, it's, what, it's what's fun about it so it's, it's the magic and beauty of the FA Cup and it's going to be that will, that will be a crazy weekend I think it's, it's usually early January isn't it so yeah. one to look forward to um, I was almost crying they went Morecambe through Spurs <laughs> it, was, it was a devastating moment and fair mm. play to Buxton's manager Steve Cunningham who tweeted yeah, best of luck to Morecambe yeah. uh, he was gutted that they drew Spurs but at the same time what it means for a club like Morecambe who 
have come from the same places as Buxton. They've never been relegated to Morgan, so they've only ever gone up the leagues. Yeah. So they're in League One now, and they are a tiny, tiny club for League One. So to, to draw Spurs, huge. Yeah, and yeah. this weekend, finally, we'll, we'll end with the F1. And that's also, it's coming to an end now, the last oh, race of the season. The season's gone so fast, bro. For like, sorry to cut you off quickly, but I was just going to say, like, it's the first time me actually tuning in as a fan. Not not week in, week out, but like, having seen most of the races, the first time I've actually committed to watching an F1 season. It's, it's flown by. It's and and you couldn't by. have picked a better season. It's just been jam-packed with crazy race incidents, uh, crashes, uh, scandals. It, it has been an unbelievable season of, of F1. It all comes to an end on Sunday at 1 o'clock. And it's it's only the second time ever that two drivers go into the race on equal points. Whoever comes out on top, obviously you've got qualifying, so massive qualifying, a massive practice. Whoever comes out on top on the day will win the Formula 1 Drivers World Championship. Who who do you want to win? Do you want Max or do you want Lewis? Okay, so, so you can call me Glory. Well, you, whoever you want to win, you, you're going to be Glory supporting, isn't it? Because they're both they're, they're both, both the biggest names in yeah. F1. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a proper loyal, you know, diehard F1 fan who's like followed a driver straight away. I started watching F1 last season, and I was like, I was looking at the list. I, was, I promise you, I promise you, I wasn't looking at the leaderboards. So I'd heard of a, I've heard of Verstappen. Mm. I didn't know like just how good he was. Like I knew he's like competing up there, but I didn't know, I didn't know he was this good, right? So I was just looking at the names, and I was like, oh, there's a guy called Max here. I say, I'm called Max. Okay, that, like, that's why you took it. I was like, that, you know, it sounds like a relatable guy. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's a little bit aggressive in his driving. I'm a little bit aggressive in in whenever I'm competing in my sport. So I was like, yeah, do you know what? I I, I like this. Um, followed him and. He might be. He might just beat Lewis Hamilton and win the drivers' championship uh, next weekend. So massive, mate! It's it's really big. I'm going to be a nervous mess for it. And you know, as you're saying, everything that's gone on in this crazy season, this season, all comes down to this. And but it, it could have been everything that happened could have been put in uh, that last race. Just everything under the sun happened. Like the commentators were saying, three restarts. They've never seen anything like it's this. unheard it was of. Crazy and. Yeah, I know there's so many. It went on for so long, didn't it? Um, but in a good way. Like you wanted to see every minute of it, so that that's what made it good. And there, there was just everything that could have gone on went <laughs> on, and it just made for an even higher stake next week. And it is that is the highest stake of all in a season that you could possibly want. So it, it, completely, I, I rocked up late to a date, and um, she asked why I was late, and I said, "Well, the F1 went on too long." <laughs> um, <laughs> So, <laughs> got to get used that's, to that. That's a literal red flag. Uh, uh, quite, quite <laughs> literally, it was a red flag. You are correct. Um, so, it, what a week of sport. What a week we've got coming up. What a weekend. And I think we've got through most of it. So, thank you very much for tuning in. As always, great to be back on the Middlemen Podcast, as always. And we'll try and bring you more regular content, more regular guests. We're working on it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. And looking forward to the weekend, Max. Yes, definitely. Not just to get drunk for the sport as well. <laughs> Obviously, of course. Of course. But Both goes hand in hand. P- booze for Jews. What, what's that? <laughs> yeah, you got to work hard, play hard. But no, nah, as, as Noah said, thank you guys for watching. Um, you're just going to have to bear with us. The content just might be inconsistent coming to the tail end of this year. Um, but it is what it is. We, we're uni students too. But we're going to look to be getting it out on a regular soon and look to be getting the guests in we always are and uh just just stay stay tight with us you know hopefully hopefully you don't need a guest hopefully you can uh, just enjoy me and Noah on here too but obviously we're, we're gonna try and bring in some top names soon 